0: Welcome to this Heart Podcast, I'm Duncan Jarvis. A new article published on heart.bmj.com looks at the relationship between cardiovascular disease and activity and exercise. Uh, to talk about that, I'm joined by one of the authors, who's Dr. Ute Mons from the Division of Clinical Epidemiology and Aging Research at the German Cancer Research Center. Uh, good afternoon, Dr. Mons. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. To begin, could you tell us a little bit more about this relationship between cardiovascular disease and uh, exercise? Because although it's traditionally been thought that more exercise is better, um, there has been some suggestion, and your paper suggests this as well, that the relationship is a bit more complex than that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, the benefits of exercise on health are is generally unquestionable. So we know that um, exercise has a positive effect on so many risk factors for um, cardiovascular disease. So it helps with uh, weight reduction, helps to reduce blood pressure, um, to control cholesterol and blood glucose levels. Um, But there have been some recent studies that um, showed that the notion that uh, the more exercise, the better for health, uh, is probably not so true. So these studies, of course, also showed that those who were not active at all have the highest health, uh, have the highest risk for um, adverse outcomes. So mm-hmm. this is um, still true. We know that not exercising at all um, still uh, leads to the greatest uh, cardiovascular risk. But uh, these studies also suggested that those who were um, the most active, so in terms of frequency and or intensity they also uh, had increased risk for heart disease and for death. So it's, it seems that really the dose uh, seems to be important.
0: Mm. Um, and is that what you decided to look at? Why did you decide to, to study this?
1: We uh, wanted to see whether this is also true in our cohort of um, coronary heart disease patients that we've been following for um, quite some time. In Germany, we have a a system where people with um, acute coronary event uh, can undergo inpatient cardiovascular rehabilitation, and they uh, usually also do exercise programs. But we know that these people do that with quite some motivation in the first month or so, but um, after that, they usually stop exercising. And we were actually interested in, in how it shows in, um, under real-life conditions.
0: Sure, of course. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your study then, um, the CAROLA study. Who were the patient group that you studied? You've already mentioned that they have stable coronary heart disease. But can you tell us any more about them?
1: Yes. Uh, well, these patients, um, it was a bit more than 1,000 patients and um, as I said we, um, they were undergoing some um, rehabilitation so they were in a rehabilitation clinic and they had um, had for example myocardial infarction or an acute coronary event and uh, we were working together with two re- rehabilitation clinics and they helped us recruiting those uh, patients for a study that was in 1999 and 2000.
0: Mm. And how long did you follow them for?
1: study is actually still ongoing so we still um uh, every two or three years we um, still invite our study participants to take part in uh, follow-up surveys Um, but for this study published in heart uh, we followed the patients for about 10 years.
0: Okay great and um yeah how did you measure whether they developed cardiovascular disease?
1: As I said we uh, conduct follow-up surveys every two to three years and um Around the same time, we usually check with population registries to see um, whether the patients are still alive. And for those who've died, we um, obtain the death uh, certificates from from the registries. And from these, we can learn whether they died from cardiovascular disease or some other disease. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those patients who are still alive, they are um, invited to uh, take part in the follow-up survey. And... um, we contact uh, their general practitioners. We ask their um, physicians whether uh, the patient had, a, for example, non-fatal stroke or myocardial infarction in the meantime. So we know um, about all those uh, events yep. that are not fatal.
0: And uh, lastly, about the, um, the measurement of physical activity that was done through self-reporting
1: yeah true um, so after, it was um, one year after the patients had um, uh, been discharged from the from the rehabilitation clinic, we um, sent out questionnaires and asked um, the patients um, how often they did physical exercise and We asked them uh, particularly about um, strenuous and sweat inducing physical exercise, and we meant um, cycling, heavy gardening um, Hiking or sport.
0: Okay, and that's how you defined uh, uh, strenuous exercise for the the purposes of this study. So, if we then turn to the results, you know, what can you tell us about the the patient group? How active were they uh, as a whole?
1: You know, our patients. More than half of them were older than sixty years. But I was quite surprised that um, still around forty percent of them were uh, actually physically active for two to four times per week. There were even 30% who were um, even who active for at least five times per week. But uh, on the other hand, there were also around 10% who said that they weren't doing any exercise at all.
0: Hmm. And how had that sort of changed over time? Because it was a 10-year follow-up. So were they sort of as active um, for the entire period?
1: Uh, no the the engagement in physically in physical activity clearly decreased over time so um after 10 years for example the proportion of those who um weren't doing any exercise at all had um nearly doubled so from 10% to to nearly 20% um but still even after 10 years it was um still around 40% of the patients who were uh, physically active for two to four times per week
0: okay now, as we said at the beginning, the, the relationship between physical activity and, and exercise um, is, is fairly complex. So could you tell us in detail what you found there?
1: We um, examined the association of um, physical activity with uh, the prognosis in a patient. So whether they died from cardiovascular disease, for example. So as we expected, the uh, the highest risks for cardiovascular death were found in the um, least active patients, so those who weren't active at all. They were four times as likely to die from cardiovascular disease um, as the group of those patients were uh, moderately active, so those who were active for two to four times per week. However, uh, we also found that those um, who were physically active on a daily basis, they also had uh, increased Hazards to die from cardiovascular disease. So um, their risk was around twofold compared to the moderately active groups. So um, that was how we found this um, J shaped association. So, with the highest hazards in those who were uh, not physically active at all, but uh, also with some increased risks in those who were um, very frequently physically active. Mm. Basically, the greatest benefit in our study in terms of cardiovascular risk was uh, achieved with moderate amounts of exercise, so for two to four days per week.
0: And did that surprise you when you uncovered that?
1: Uh, Well, we were surprised about the results. I mean, um, there were some recent studies uh, on, on subjects with cardiovascular disease that had suggested that uh, there was some upper limit for benefits of physical exercise. So they found that those who exercised on a moderate level had gained the highest health benefit, Mm. and those who did more exercise did not necessarily also gain more benefit. Uh, So they they suggested that there's some upper level for the benefits of physical exercise. But um, we were quite surprised to see that, um, or to actually find... um, increased risks for um, adverse outcomes. On the other hand, there were some recent studies in uh, healthy people or in healthy populations that suggested that, for example, extreme endurance training can be associated with higher risk for heart disease. So we assume that people with uh, already have a heart disease, that they have lower tolerance levels for mm, exercise. Then uh, our findings are also consistent with those studies. Sure.
0: So I suppose this all comes down to, uh, you know, if you are seeing patients who uh, do have um, coronary heart disease, what would you say in terms of exercise levels um, that they should be engaging in, in the long term?
1: So I'm, I'm quite cautious with deriving recommendations on the ideal amount of exercise from our study. So... Um, We saw that um, the greatest benefit was achieved with uh, moderate amounts of exercise for two to four times per week, but it's a bit difficult to to generalize that to, to other populations. We can definitely say that not exercising at all was associated with the greatest risk of heart attack and stroke, and that really still needs to be emphasized because that's really the biggest problem. So any amount of exercise is still better than no exercise at all. But for patients who want to do exercise and are cautious about, about uh, what level they should exercise, I would recommend to discuss the individual optimal, optimal dose of physical activity with their uh, physician. So um, also supervised sports groups, um, specifically for heart disease patients, uh, could also be an option to engage in, in safe and regular exercise.
0: In a safe way, yes. Interesting idea. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Uttermonds from the German Cancer Research Center for taking the time to talk to us today.
1: Welcome. Thank you.
0: And that article is available now on heart.bmj.com.